Okay, okay. All right, JR, quit visiting now. <laughs> We're so glad you guys are here tonight uh, to hear from Brian. He's, I know he's got a great word as we continue to go through the book of John. Just a quick update, Pastor Mike is doing great. They're having a good time. He uh, had texted, they've, he's been teaching way more than he's comfortable with, I think is what he said. Um, <laughs> for an hour to an hour and a half at a time. You know, they're, they're putting him to work over there. Anyway, he's been uh, teaching anywhere from 20 to 200 different pastors in their Bible school there in Mozambique uh, at a given time. And then actually probably here in just a couple hours, they're actually going to go downriver to a place that uh, they've never been, that uh, this ministry, no one's ever been there with the, the name of Jesus. So we're excited to see what happens uh, when we get the report on that. So just keep praying for him. Uh, he comes home this weekend, and we look forward to seeing what God has imparted to him. But uh, as we always do, we want to bless Brian and the ministry that he has and what he uh, imparts to us and what he brings to this house. He's got a great anointing, a powerful mantle, and, and great insight into the Bible that we love to hear what God is telling him. And so we like to bless him with that. So we want to do an offering now just to bless him and his ministry. Uh, anything that you give goes directly to him. You can write your checks to the rock, and then we'll take care of it from there, and you can get it to him. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we bless Brian with this offering, Father God, you would multiply everything that comes in uh, to his ministry, Lord, to propel him further into what you've called him to do, into places that uh, he goes regularly and into new places that you want to take him, Father, where you want to bring the word that you've planted in his heart. And the direction and the vision that you've planted is in, heart, in his heart to help bring freedom and, and, to, and identity to those that he has the opportunity to speak with. Father God, and we just thank you for what you're going to do with this offering. And we give it to you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And while you're doing that, if you would go ahead and welcome Brian Finnemore. It's good to be with you if you let them take the offering. Uh, while they're doing that, I'm going to make a couple announcements. I usually do this after prayer, but um, I'm here with you tonight, and then tomorrow night, um, I will be in the chapel at 7 o'clock. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we teach a, a class that the Rock has been gracious, let us do. It's called um, Discovering Your Destiny. And um, it's interesting. A lot of people ask me, well, like, what do you try to do with this in us? It's really kind of interesting. A lot of people teach on destiny, and they're trying to help you figure out what you're doing on the planet, and that's some of it. But our goal is to actually help you discover the first part of your identity, which is who you are in Christ, how to discover zeal from the biblical perspective, and to actually become creative and to walk out the things that God has called you to do. And there's really not a lot of places for you to do that kind of stuff in the culture that we live in, at least biblically. And so we try to deal with that. Um, I was sharing pe with people last month. I keep forgetting to tell you guys this. Uh, a lot of people that have come to the School of Destiny, we do it here and I do it in other parts of the United States. Um, we've seen, uh, it's kind of funny, we've seen marriages being reconciled as we teach people about destiny. Because wives and husbands have conflict when they don't understand each other's destiny. We've seen families start companies. We've seen people write books. We've seen people be launched into ministry. Uh, just, it's not so much we're trying to get people in ministry. We're trying to help people discover who they are in Christ and the creative stuff that God has created them to have impact. So if you'd like to 
hear some of that, please join us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the chapel. Uh, you're always welcome. We'd love to bless you. There will be a time of teaching, and then there will be a time of either ministry or small group, depending on what we're doing. So we're inviting you to please come. All right, if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 3. We're in the book of John. You guys have been covering that. John chapter 3, verse 34. And um, let's pray as we study God's word tonight, okay? Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for your son, and I thank you for the reality of his life and what he has done for us. I thank you that as we look at your words, you want to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would know the hope of our calling in you. Would you release your power inside of us now, Lord, so that we would be rooted and grounded in love? And as we understand what you're saying to us, cause us to understand the reality to will and to do your good pleasure in our lives. And I just thank you for this time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, here in John chapter 3, uh, there's a lot of different teaching and story that Jesus is doing here. Uh, as we get into the part I'm coming is John chapter 3, verse 34 specifically. We're getting close to the end of uh, the chapter of John. And what's happening is John the Baptist is baptizing and Jesus' uh, disciples or the apostles are starting to baptize. And they're having a discussion about the bridegroom. And then I just picked one verse out of this to just kind of bring an emphasis tonight about something about Jesus, not only as Messiah, but what is available to us that he's trying to tell us. Let's read here in John chapter 3, verse 34. It says this. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God has given the spirit without limits. Now, what we need to do is we need to actually ask several questions as we look at this passage. God, the one whom God has sent, this is a distinction of the uniqueness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. Now, the word word here is very interesting in this passage and in the context of this story being given. It is not just making a statement, it is introducing a new reality that is coming to the human race. What is the new reality? It says he speaks the word of God. Now, this is interesting. The word here is rhema. If you've done any study on, or anyone's ever taught on the gifts of the spirit, the word rhema means a living, dynamic word or voice. And so it literally means that when Jesus is speaking, he is speaking rhema to people. His words are not just information, they're life-giving. Now, why is this so important to understand that when Jesus speaks, his words are rhema? Rhema have several different things that you and I have been called into. First, I want you to understand something here. Jesus is coming and saying that God now from this point on is being revealed not only as a father, but a God who is near you. And so when his word is going forward, it has this ability to release power to you to transform you. It's interesting, Western Christianity has done this thing with God's word where it actually looks at the word of God and believes that Jesus is just making statements of fact instead of words of transformation. 
When it says that Jesus' words are rhema, Jesus speaks the rhemas of God, it means that his words have an ability that when they're spoken, it actually can hit the human heart and transform it to whatever is being said. Now, that's important for us because it's telling us something about the words of Jesus from this point on through the rest of the Gospel of John. Is that when his words are spoken and as you read them, God is expecting you to have encounters with those things that you're reading about Jesus. And not only does Rhema release life, it releases a term that's used in the Old Testament periodically. It's called impartation. Now, why is it so important for you and I to have impartations from the Lord? Because that we see this in John chapter 1. We find out that the law is given through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus' words come to me, because they are life-giving, when I listen to them, they impart something to me for me to become something that I am not when that word is spoken to me. So one of the things that Jesus says about you and I is he looks at you and he says, you're the salt of the earth, or you're the light of the world. Well, most of us look at ourselves and say, does Jesus know who he's talking to? Now, see, we look at ourselves as he's making a statement, and we don't see transformation. When Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth or the light of the world, he's not saying a fact. He's saying a word of proclamation and transformation to you. He expects that when he says that word and it comes to you in your life, you're to be changed into that. Now, why is this so important as we're looking at this in John John the Baptist is standing in human history, and he's saying, this person, when he speaks, his words are powerful. His words will change you. His words are not just information to let you know something about God. They're information that comes from God's heart, and their goal is to meet you with all of who God is in that word and change you by the dynamic of that word. He's unique in that. Now, what is so important about us knowing that when he speaks, his words are rhema? Let's look at a couple examples that I want to show you. First one is this. It means that there's a dual effect of this. There's a purpose in this. The first one is, is the distinction of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Now, it says this one, and it's giving a distinction. This one, when he speaks, his words are rhema. This fulfills something that has been told to us in the Old Testament about the Lord Jesus Christ, about who he is. And this comes to us out of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, where you already see this in John chapter 2. When the Pharisees come to John, they say, are you the prophet? That term, the prophet, was used in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. And it's a distinction word. The Messiah is going to be the prophet, that's going to be one of the distinctions of him. He is not a prophet. He is the prophet that's talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, it tells us this about that prophet. He will have the word of God in his mouth. And if you listen and obey him, you will be brought into God's people. But if you ignore him, you'll be cut off from God's people. It's saying his word sets the course of human history. It's that powerful. So when it says this one will speak the word of God is fulfilling Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, and it's showing a distinction of his words about anyone else that stands up and says, I'm a prophet. 
his words carry the, the very power of life, death, where you're going to spend eternity, his words do. The next thing that we're being told here is not only do we have this distinction of a prophet, we have a distinction of the type of word, a living word. Now, if you guys are like I am, I read the scripture sometimes, and I think I'm reading it to just gain information. Do you guys do that? Sometimes I'm so busy, I'm just reading the Bible. I'm trying to be faithful, so I'm trying to get 10 chapters down a day so I can kind of just mark it off. Now, you guys don't do that out here, right? But sometimes we're so, we're so rushed, we don't realize what has been given to us here. These words are life-giving to us. They're revelatory, and let me make sure I explain this idea. It means something that is hidden to you that only God can reveal. That's what these words are. And it's not just what we're reading on the page. It's what we're being invited into. Words of revelation are invitations of an encounter with a loving God. Some area that I need to see who God is by reading these words, it's literally like these words open a door for me to have a dynamic encounter with God. In fact, I, as I was starting to look at the Gospels, all of them, and John, I started realizing that Jesus' words was never to create a religion. It was a king telling what a kingdom was like, and his words are actually what we call words to create a movement, okay? Movements are different than religion. How's that? Movements create life and zeal in people, and they give themselves to these things, and they change the whole course of their life based on the words of a movement. Now, that tells us something about the quality of these words that Jesus speaks. If I conform myself to Ramos, either out of scripture or out of personal ministry, it means that a flow of the power and the life of God is going to come into me and where I have weakness, now I'm going to begin to have strength that will not be my own. I will actually draw from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, we're barely starting this. Let's move on to the passage. Then it makes a statement about his words, but then it says, and he has been given the spirit without limit. Now, why is that so important? Especially when we just looked at this idea about him and his words. Without limit. Now, if you guys are like I am, I remember the first time I read that, he was given the spirit without limit. And I, and I said, well, that explains this. That's why he could just do miracles all day long. I have to pray for 20 years to get someone over a headache because he has the spirit without limit. I have a measure of it. And that's actually true in one sense of the word. But there's something else you need to see in the passage. His words are life-giving. And he has the spirit without limit. Now, that is a statement historically about who he is. But it's also an invitation for you and I. What do I mean? Jesus is the only person in human history that has the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit resting on him. So that's why you can see him doing all the stuff that he did. Now, most of us look at that and say, yeah, theologically, that's true. Jesus did. He could do miracles. He could raise people from the dead. He just, he entered into this new age of this dynamism of the kingdom of God. And I don't think we'll ever see anybody like that, but it even gets better now. 
You're in Christ. So before you were in Christ, when it said he had the spirit without measure, it was pointing to a person historically that there will never be another person like this. But after you come into Christ, you're now in him and he lives in you and there's no limit. In fact, if, this is, if I'm going this direction, if this is biblically correct, this will make sense as we get later on in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 have you guys ever looked at the idea of Jesus? Some of the words that Jesus say are so stunning, they're almost too hard to believe. In John chapter 14, he's looking at the disciples and he says, Now, the works I do, you will do. And even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Now, when he made that statement, take that in context of what's being said right here in John chapter 3, verse 34. He says, He has the Spirit without limit. And yet, in human history, Jesus stands up and he says, now because you're in me, you're to do the same works I do and even greater. And so what he's doing is he's inviting you and I to a reality that most of us never tap into. There is not a limit in the Lord Jesus Christ. What you, you and I sometimes settle for breakthroughs and we think that's it. And yet, think about this. Everything that you're supposed to be as a Christian is to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. You are never to put a limit on what you can do in Christ because he's in you and he wants to make sure his whole life and ministry is expressed through you. There's only one limitation and I think you'll be very grateful for this. The only thing he doesn't ask you to do is to die on the cross for everybody's sin. But outside of that, you've been invited into the fullness of the kingdom. So that means that you and I are going to go through a dual work of the Spirit and the Lord in our lives. The Word of God is intentionally going to come to you by the Lord, and God is going to have what we would call seasonal rhema words given to you to call you to a higher place in the kingdom. Where you think there's limits, there isn't. And each one of you, is in a different season of the Lord either challenging your character or what you do to serve the Lord, but those challenges are not to frustrate you. They are to call you into a place where there is no limit of what he can do through you. That is a radical statement that John the Baptist is making about the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's entering us into a new time in human history. Think about how powerful this was when Jesus is doing this. Jesus is walking around modeling a different reality of the human race that is going to be when you come into Christ, look at what is available to you. In fact, I think sometimes we look at Jesus' ministry and we realize, well, he did miracles and stuff like this, but could you imagine being around this person that every time he's talking to somebody, he's actually telling them what the Father thinks and sharing with them what the Father thinks. And people are having what we call transformative encounters with him constantly. And that was considered normal. If you're around me a lot, you hear me say the same thing. I don't know if we're back to normal Christianity yet. I think what we do is in the kingdom is we kind of evaluate how much of the Bible is available by each other instead of by the standard of Jesus? Several years ago, the Lord started having a conversation with me. <clears throat> I'd been trained in the vineyard movement to pray for the sick. 
And so I was functioning, praying, getting words of knowledge, watching the Lord heal people. And um, I was just starting to do training in the healing ministry, specifically up in Minnesota. And the Lord wanted me to start healing schools. And so I'm, I'm reading the stuff that I've been trained in the Vineyard Movement, working on my words of knowledge, and I'm praying one day and just asking the Lord, why am I not getting certain breakthroughs? And he had this conversation with me. I thought it was kind of interesting. He said, what you've learned in this movement, there's a limit, and so you're going to have to step away from it and go to another movement to study how to go further. And I actually had never realized that groups put limits on each other. Now, if you study, at least in the healing ministry, if you study what we call the generals of the healing ministry, you find out that all of them, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, A.A. Allen, all these people, I just sit around and study these people, their biographies, read what they say, people that have had major breakthrough in miracle ministries. And I started seeing a consistent pattern, and they keep pointing to it. They'd say, now, what we discovered is that every time someone told us we couldn't, we just put our head down to the ground and said, no, in Christ I'm able, and they just punched through a stronghold. Beth, uh, one of my favorite writers was Smith Wigglesworth, and he talked about his own journey in, in miracles. And do you guys know who Smith Wigglesworth was? Just one of his testimonies is one time they brought a crippled child to him, and here's how he did the, the ministry, which you guys will probably enjoy. Instead of just praying for the child, he kicked the child off the stage. I just wanted to see how you reacted to that. That's what the Lord led him to do, is kick the child off the stage. He's, he can't walk. He's kicking a kid off the stage. The kid falls on the ground, and as he's, his parents are screaming, they run over, and he jumps up and starts running. Now, why did I tell you that? Because we're going to do that tonight. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just wanted to see how you responded. What was interesting about that is he said in his early days, when he was around one group, he found out that that group only wanted to go so far in God. He said he loved them, but he had to go find another group that wanted to go on with the Lord. And he said each group he went to, he didn't, they didn't realize it, but they had created a ceiling of what God was able to do. And he said the Lord pointed out to him, there's no limits in me. How far do you want to go in me? Now think about that. Sometimes we just don't even know what's available in Christ. But the Lord is really trying to challenge us in our day that we need to come back to this kind of Christianity that's really kind of dynamic. See, the reason why the first 12 and the 70s and everybody that was sent by Jesus is because their Christianity was dynamic. They had walked with the Messiah. They were raising people from the dead. The words that were coming out of their mouth were hitting everybody and it was transforming them. That's what the Lord is calling us back to. And he has the words to do that. So the invitation for you and I tonight, as we look at the scripture, is a question to you in your walk with the Lord. Have you and I reached a place where we think we've done enough in the kingdom and we're not allowing the Lord to challenge us to go on? As I'm walking with the Lord at this stage of my life, I'm with people that have walked with the Lord now for more than 30 years. <clears throat> and that's good. But I'm seeing something happening also. Where people feel they've done enough, and then they, they in their own hearts, take what I call a vacation mode in the kingdom. They've done everything. They've served. They've done this. 
Now they're getting older. They just kind of want to go on vacation. They just kind of want to do their thing, and they just want to pull back. And yet, as you and I get older in the Lord, there's supposed to be some demarcation points where we're now not challenged by the things in our 20s and 30s anymore. We're challenged by something greater. Am I going to reach the final goal that the Lord has called me to, or have I decided it's too hard and I'm going to pull back? Well, for you tonight, the Lord wants to encourage you. You don't have to pull back. There's a depth in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his word, that he wants you to come to. Would you pray with me this evening? Lord, we hear your words. And we invite you. Challenge us again. You're the one that speaks the word of God to us. Release Ramus to us. You also have no limitation, Lord. Invite us back to that place of adventure. Change our worldview. Get us out of our culture and get our mind on the kingdom. I thank you for each person here. I thank you for your goodness. And I bless you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right. Uh, so I asked the Lord, could you give me some words of knowledge? He said, yeah. And he started giving me a whole bunch of words of knowledge. So if these words apply to you, I don't think we need to have you come down. But if you want to stand, please do that. Okay, that'll help us as we do this. So I'm going to give specific words of knowledge and general words of knowledge. If they apply to you, please just stand up so that we can pray for you. So the first one is this. Um, he was showing me that someone uh, had a fracture uh, in their bones. So if you have fractures somewhere in your bones or brittle bones, would you stand the Lord like to minister to you? Fracture in your bones or brittle bones. The next one is this, uh, right wrist pain. So I actually saw someone actually a damaged person better choose the right wrist. Uh, I actually saw on their right wrist, right wrist that they had actually damaged it somehow. So if you have pain in your right wrist, I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but please stand. The Lord would like to minister to you. Uh, the next one is this, <clears throat> high blood pressure. If you're dealing with high blood pressure, the uh, Lord wants to minister his power and his presence to you. Irregular heartbeat, the Lord was giving me irregular heartbeat. Now, I actually saw pain in people's backs, but as the Lord was showing me, it wasn't just pain in the back. He was showing me that uh, like in the middle part of the back and the lower part of the back, there were certain discs that looked like they were starting to get ruptured or they have pain. So if you actually have a ruptured disc, not a severe one, but it's already started, you'll start feeling tingling down your feet and your legs. So if you have, you know you have a ruptured disc, or you have tingling down your legs and in your feet, would you stand? The Lord would like to minister to you. Uh, the next one is, okay, so that's the physical condition. So would you guys, the rest of you, if you're not standing, would you just join me in prayer, praying for these people? All right, in fact, would you stand up and just go lay your hands on them? So if you're standing for prayer, raise your hand because the rest of us are standing so everyone can see you. And the rest of you, would you gather around them real quick and let's pray. <clears throat> now, for the people that are receiving prayer, you don't have to pray. Just relax. Let the Lord come and minister. 
Holy Spirit, would you come? Bring your healing power and presence. Thank you, Lord. I bless you. And Lord, surely you bore our infirmities, so come, lift this off of us right now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of this infirmity. I ask, Lord, that you would release life and restoration back into their bodies. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of words that have been spoken over them that they can't get over this. I command that to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that your word would go to them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now come, release your faith and wholeness into them, Lord. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's just wait a few more moments. Thank you, mighty one. Bless your name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, I don't know if you guys think God has a sense of humor. I think God's kind of funny sometimes. So he gives me some words that I think, how am I going to say this? Uh, so this one was neck pain. So it's kind of hard to say someone's a pain in the neck. But the Lord was showing me that some people had some neck pain. It was specifically not in the back, but on the sides. You have pain on the sides of your neck. It's like almost a strain or a pull muscle or something going on with your bone. Would you stand also, the neck pain? And then the Lord was showing me an, an, an imbalance to someone's stomach. The acid in their stomach was actually out of balance, and it was causing them to have, like, gastrointestinal uh, pains in their stomach in the sense that um, it feels like bloating and you can't digest. Well, the Lord was showing me he wanted to correct that. So if you're having stomach problems, please stand, the Lord, like and again, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Um, for you, instead of having people get around you, if you just put your hands, if it's your neck, just put your hand on your neck, or if it's your stomach, just put your hand on your stomach, and let's just invite the Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Release your power. Now, Lord, would you just grab their spine around their neck area, and would you just pull it right now? back into a place of wholeness in the name of Jesus. And the strain and all that that's going on, I just break the power of that, and I ask, Lord, that you would just bring a sense of life back into their mortal body. <clears throat> now for the stomach. Bring your power. Bring your presence. In a sense, just take your hand over their stomach, Lord, and just bring life to it. And I just command this imbalance of the acid in their stomach to stop in the name of Jesus. That you would bring order back to their stomach, Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you actually are feeling heat in your stomach. That's the Lord just touching that. So, Lord, I bless that. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right.
I'm going to give some words for people, their names. Uh, I'm starting to learn a lesson here. If they're not here, I'm still going to give the word because who knows what God's doing with us. I'm watching God do some interesting stuff. So is there a gentleman here named Cal? Cal. Okay. If you know someone named, someone here knows someone named Cal. Okay, I'm going to still give it. Something about your destiny that you've been asking the Lord to meet you. I actually saw the Lord come near you and actually speak to you about that. Also, is there a woman here named Jennifer? Is that you? Would you stand, please? Do you mind? Hi, Jennifer. The Lord wanted me to encourage you with this, and he wanted me to tell you this specifically. He told me, you're the head and not the tail. And he wanted you to hear that specifically, that God is for you. And I actually saw the Lord release creativity over your life. And he wanted me to tell you his blessing is with you. So could I pray for you about that? Mind just putting your hands out like this? Lord, this, this thing that has been trying to convince her that she isn't blessed by you, I break the power of that right now. And I ask that you'd release your goodness over Jennifer. This creativity that's resting inside of her that people have spoken against and it feels like it's been shut down, I just break the power of that right now. And I ask that you'd release her in creativity and the blessing of the Father would be upon her right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Jennifer. Is there a woman here named May? A woman here named May or someone related to someone named May? That, are you May or are you related? Is May. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so fun to do. Um, the Lord specifically told me that um, a blessing is coming towards your family, and he wanted you to specifically expect that. And so I'm going to pray for that. Are you ready? Were you up here just doing the worship? Oh, okay. I also had another word for you. So let's, let's go ahead and pray for you. So um, Holy Spirit, would you come towards May's family? And what you were showing me is this idea that this this weariness that's been resting on them, you're going to lift that off their whole entire family, and the blessing of the Lord is going to come over them. Um, I thank you for what you're doing in this family, Lord. Now, bless May and her family. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, May the Lord's also invite, when you were standing up here, I was looking at you, and the Lord just started talking to me about this idea that you're going to grow in giftedness, you've been calling out to the Lord for that. And so the Lord's going to minister to you in the gifts of the Spirit specifically, and you're going to grow in words of knowledge. And you're going to actually be surprised how God does that with you as you just go about your everyday life. So can we pray for that also? Okay, so Holy Spirit, just release your power and your presence over your daughter and bless her. Let her walk in this, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, there is also another lady right here. Who is that person? Is she still here? Is she here? Way in the, oh, that's you. Okay. I also had a word for you. It's not on this. So I actually saw you writing, not music, but writing. I actually felt like the Lord was saying he was going to visit you uh, while you're in your bedroom writing in a journal, there's going to become this creative thing that's actually going to come out of you and you're going to find yourself writing and it's going to be by inspiration of the Lord. Does that make any sense to you? Okay, so can I pray for the Lord to release that? It's kind of, I can't see through the light, so uh, can you kind of just wave at me? Okay, good. All right, so let's pray for you. So Holy Spirit, come right now to release your power and your presence over your daughter 
let her walk into this creativity of writing. Oh, sorry, I forgot something else he told me. You also have a leadership gift on your life, and I actually saw you taking teams of young people to other nations, and not only was this writing going to impact people, but this leadership gift that's actually resting on your life. And so, Lord, the gift of faith that you're wanting to release inside of our ass, that that would come forth right now in the name of Jesus. And I just command your blessing upon her, and that there would be a transformation that comes to her right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. All right, um, I had the Miller family. Is there a Miller family here? <laughs> is, that specific, is your name Don by chance? John? Okay. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Would you, would you mind if I, so you're married, right? You have a couple kids? Is one of them a daughter? Oh, you're the person. Would you stand, please? Because I had you, your wife, and you had a daughter. Do you have two sons? Oh, that was you. Good. I can't get first names right, but let's pray for you. Okay? You mind just putting your hands out like this? The Lord told me he wanted to bless you specifically. And the reason he gave me your name is he said he had a family blessing that he wanted to release over you. And he wanted me to tell you this. He's going to bless you in such a unique way in each one of your family members that he's going to resolve an issue in your heart specifically, that God is good and that he is for you. And so, Father, I ask that you come to the Miller family, you'd release your covenant blessing over them, and that you would just cause them to come into all the good things that you have for them. I thank you for your goodness. I ask that you would bless them, specifically financially, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right, <clears throat> I'm done at two levels. My voice is done, and I'm done with what the Lord has for me. So can I pray a general blessing over you, and then I'm going to turn it back over to you. All right, so, Father, I just thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your words. Now, may the Lord draw near you, bless you, and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you rest. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I know it's a little later than normal, so, but we really felt early on to give Brian the, the latitude to, to walk in the gifting that God's given him and a great display of the spirit and fullness being able to to hear what God's saying and, and walk in that. So um, we do have a few minutes. If you want to stay, I, I welcome you to either gather in a group here or if you want to go sit at the tables and just discuss what we talked about tonight. Uh, the table leaders hopefully will be there. Um, but if not, it's an opportunity to still have community. But I know, you know, it's already 820. We, tr we try to be done by 830. So if you need to go tonight, I bless you. And and thank you for being here tonight, because I think you've received what you needed to hear tonight. Um, but if you want to process it with a group of people, I welcome you to, to, to do that as well. So uh, God bless you guys. We will see you Sunday morning, 9 and 11 here. So have a great evening.